I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of Bucks and Six, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast brought to you by Fans First Sports Network. My name is Stephen Dorf, and alongside me, as always, is my co-host Hershey Winkleman. Check us out on social media. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Bucks and Six FFSN, and then you can find this and the rest of our podcasts on Apple and Spotify. So be sure to turn those notifications on. Uh, on today's podcast, we're doing a uh, little bit of a twenty game end of the season report card, as you will. Before we get into that, joining us for the second time this season, we got Logan, blogger and creator of the Buck Zone, the number one community for Milwaukee Bucks basketball. Check out his page at the Buck Zone on Instagram for scores, highlights, rumors, and more, so you can be caught up on all things Milwaukee Bucks. Logan, how are we doing? Glad to have you back, man. What's going on, guys? Glad to be here. Um, so, yeah, last time we had you on, it was uh, before the season, end of October. We talked a little bit about what our expectations were for this Bucks team specifically in the beginning of the season. Uh, right now, the Bucks currently hold the three seed in the East tied with the Magic. Uh, we're only a game and a half back from Boston. I know we played them. We had a little matchup with them earlier in the season. Did not fall in our favor. Uh, but yeah, we're still a three seed. I think that overall we look pretty good. But Logan, where where are you at with this Bucks team right now? Um, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, obviously we've had some ups and downs, but I think that that's expected. You can't really, I mean, every team has it. Every team has their, their bad nights where they don't show up or whatever. They go out and party the night before. There are some rumors around that I saw, but yeah, I feel pretty good. I'm, I'm happy with where we're at right now. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, with that, we have uh, a new head coach. Obviously we talked a lot about Adrian Griffin last time we had you on the departure of Terry Stotts or the, you know, the early departure of Terry Stotts and how that might impact this team. Do you think that offensively speaking, do you think this team has kind of looked what you would uh, like, what you would have expected them to look like heading into the season? Um, Some nights. Yeah, definitely. Um, But then there's other nights where it's like, I don't even know what I'm looking at. It's like, I don't know. Sometimes Dame seems like super passive and I can't really figure out like, who's going to take the workload, who's going to have the ball in their hands just overall. But I think over time, they'll kind of get that. I think it's kind of back and forth. Like some games, for example, the Bulls game the other day, I wasn't even sure. Like, I don't know. They just weren't on the same page. And then there's other games where they all score 30. So it's like, you know, you're not really sure what you're looking at sometimes. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think a, a big thing is like you have a guy like Damian Lillard, who is not only your point guard, but your number two scorer, the guy who also has your second highest usage rating on the team. Uh, he played really, really poorly in the second or in the, the fourth quarter of that game, second half of that game, actually. He had one point in the second half and fourth quarter, so or in overtime, I meant. Uh, yeah, when he plays bad, I mean, your team is going to play bad, I think is kind of just what it is with this team right now, especially with Chris Middleton still being on a minute restriction, uh, Jay Crowder being out. We've also had missed games from Marjan. Pat Connington's out right now. So this team is definitely, uh, uh, you know, lacking some of that wing depth as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think I'd like to see, I'd like to see an Andre Jackson get minutes. I like that a lot. Um, he's been hitting his shots. I mean, that was the biggest knock on him. I think, especially with all the injuries right now, I think that's a guy that could like stay in the lineup even when Pat and whoever else gets healthy, even Crowder as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Andre- yeah Hirsch, you go, you go. Well, yeah, I mean, I was just going to, I mean, yeah, just, just looking at our depth. I mean, Andre Jackson, you know, in, in the in the few minutes that, he, that we've seen him play, I mean, I mean, I think the highest we've seen him play is around 15 minutes, which, I mean, is – is pretty still still pretty low for even for a rookie, but uh, just looking at our depth, Logan. What do you think that like we we need to kind of I don't do do you do you think we have the tools and the the defensive pieces on the team currently? Um, I think offensively we're fine. I think defensively is where changes might need to be made. Maybe not as drastic as what I've seen. I've seen a lot of like Caruso, Marcus Smart type of talks. But I'm thinking, like, I'm not really trying to trade Bobby and Pat in, like, a big package or anything like that. I think there's guys out there, like, what's the dude for Chicago? There's the Patrick Williams. There's uh, Finney Smith out there. There's guys that you can get for not a huge haul. I think that's going to be the best route to go. Yeah, I mean, I've – I, I'm kind of with you in the sense that I don't want to necessarily move on from Pat or Bobby. At least right now, I think that it's more important to kind of figure out where these guys fit and then, you know, come trade deadline, make a move if need be. But I think that it just comes down to Malik Beasley, Chris Middleton, and Damian Lillard as a trio don't fit together in a starting lineup. And it's not that any of them individually are bad players. Obviously, we know what Chris Middleton is. We know what Damian Lillard is. Malik Beasley's having a phenomenal shooting season, but none of these guys are defenders, Logan. Uh, I, I think that, you know, you mentioned Andre Jackson needing to get more minutes. Um, maybe someone like Andre Jackson, who has shown a lot of, you know, promise and life as a defender and a rebounder, which this team desperately needs. Do you think that Andre Jackson could potentially be that starter for the for this Bucks team? Um, I would love to see it. I doubt we do see it. Um, just because it's kind of it's out there. I think Beasley's playing too well offensively, offensively for them to like bench him. I don't think they will. And I think Griffin loves the Beasley defense for some reason. Um, he hasn't really shown much promise there, but I think Griffin's pretty high on that. I I don't know. I would love to see it, but I, I doubt we do. Yeah, yeah I, well, I, I think he makes a good point with, uh, you know, just I mean, I think that's something that we've been harping on, you know, all season is that, you know, coming into the year, Malik Beasley, I mean, when they were talking about him as, you know, a primary uh, perimeter defender, I think a lot of Bucks fans were confused, especially when, you know, 
I felt like we kind of signed him to be that Grayson Allen replacement as, you know, that kind of sharp shooting guy that we had, you know, in previous seasons. And and that's what he's been throughout his career. I mean, he might be a little bit better than Grayson Allen, but he's 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 never been a, a guy on the perimeter that's, you know, locking down the other team's best player. So I just thought that was kind of lofty expectations coming into the year. And he clearly didn't live up to them, but it, I don't think that's like a Malik Beasley problem. I just think that's kind of the way that the front office viewed him uh, was, I think, kind of wrong. I think they might have just done the wrong scouting report on him, but I still think he helps the team. I mean, I don't think he's, you know, detrimental in any way. I just don't think that he should be that guy who's, you know, looked at as that number one defender, in, in, uh, at least on this team. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I'm high yeah. on Beasley. I like bees, but he's just yeah. not that guy. <laughs> yeah, no, he, well, he, yeah, I mean, he seems like a really solid player. Seems like a solid dude. Um, it's just, yeah, he, he's not a defender. I mean, he tries, the effort is totally there. And like, I see that if that's kind of why Adrian Griffin likes him in that spot, but just from a skill standpoint, he, he isn't the most skilled defender. Uh, he's definitely not a plus defender. Um, we need to, I think that, yes, there just needs to be some change in the starting lineup. I don't think you can sit Chris. I don't think you can sit Dame, obviously. I think that Malik Beasley is the one who needs to find a role on the bench because I still think he can be an effective shooter and scorer off the bench uh, while you throw someone whose main focus, primary focus is just defense. Yeah, definitely. And it's like, especially even being a rookie, he's going to come out there with 200% effort. Like he's going to be locked in on just his one role. Yeah, absolutely. Andre Jackson, he's just like he he looks like he wants to be out there every time he's out there. He's fighting for more minutes. And more often than not, it just seems like he's kind of making the right play. Uh, I wish he was a bit more aggressive with his, you know, shot selection. But, you know, he makes good passes. Uh, he, he play. He's a little aggressive on defense. He fouls a little bit too much, but he's really good at staying in front of the ball handler. And one thing yeah. I do just want to give uh coach Griffin some credit for too and I think you know we see this a lot throughout the league is that you know when you have a, a rookie especially you know a later round rookie or a, a a second round pick uh you know those guys sometimes don't have their opportunity at, at least in you know real NBA minutes to, to really prove themselves a lot of those guys are you know forced into you know the ends of quarters or the ends of games uh, but I like that uh, Andre Jackson has you know started some games he's come in when you know we're down he's come in when we're up uh, he's getting a lot of, you know, different experience, different NBA, you know, looks. And I think that's, you know, that's props to AG. He's putting them in positions where, you know, we might be in the playoffs and he might have to, you know, come in in a, in a scenario where we're down three and he's got to get a good, he's got to get a stop or something like that. So uh, just, I, I think AG's done a very good job this year of managing, you know, the young players and having them play actual real minutes instead of you know just you know garbage time minutes trying to prove themselves kind of thing because I think the more you play like actual real basketball against you know the other team's best players uh you know that's the best kind of experience you're gonna get so just I I I think that's props to AG on that yeah definitely I mean you love to see that I think there were years under under bud not necessarily defensively but we had guys on the bench that were decent. I mean, Jordan Nora, he's not all that, but Bud never gave him a shot. Like no one ever really got a real shot unless it was garbage time. 
yeah, we saw that with Marjan even last year where I, I mean, yeah, I personally was, I was really, really shocked to just not see him play, which I shouldn't have in hindsight. I mean, it's the common theme under Bud where, you know, you don't play your young guys, you don't trust them. Um, but on another note, actually, I want to talk about where this team, uh, you know, how this team struggles throughout the game. It felt like, you know, it feels like this season so far has taken years off my life in terms of the stress levels that certain games have brought me to. Uh, every game feels like a, you know, close playoff level game. Um, why why do you think that is, Logan? I don't know. I, I, I feel like, I mean, sometimes I see Giannis out there. He's joking around. He doesn't, seems like he doesn't really care sometimes until the end of games. And I wonder if that's like the mindset throughout the whole team. I mean, if Giannis is acting like that, I feel like everyone else just kind of, everyone follows him. I guess he's the leader of the team. And it's like, I don't know, is that coaching? Is that culture in the locker room? Is that just Giannis being whatever? And it's like, I don't know. They got to lock in. They got to, like, take things seriously now because. I mean, yeah, we're getting to that point where, I mean, we're 20 games in. It's, you know, it's the experimental time is kind of getting to that. It's almost over. I mean, you got to start getting ready for you know, actual meaningful basketball. I mean, we've got the in-season tournament knockout round coming up. You know, we want to be prepared for that. But yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you when you say like, it seems like this team isn't taking some of these games seriously. I think that Bulls game is the perfect example of that. There's no DeMar DeRozan, no Zach Levine. You think it's an easy win, chalk it up as a W on the on the schedule. We, we looked horrible it, as if like, you know, we didn't care, you know, by the end of the game, we, we brought, you know, we, we uh, take the lead and then we allow Alex Caruso to take it into overtime and lose in overtime. But we shouldn't have been in a situation where we're going to overtime with, you know, some of these teams, teams like the Wizards have given us challenges, teams like, you know, the Hornets for, you know, a long while were playing good basketball against us. I, to me, we've got to play better against these, you know, bad teams. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. And I agree. And I also just want to, you know, kind of chime in and on the fact that, you know, it, it does kind of seem like the Bucks are coasting throughout the, you know, the first, you know, 40, 40 ish minutes of the game. And then they kind of try to turn it on, uh, you know, late. And we've seen, you know, a lot of people talking about that on, you know, social media as well about, you know, the Bucks kind of playing for the end of the game, uh, not really playing, you know, you know, throughout the game as best as they can. Um, and, you know, that might contribute to why the Bucs have, you know, un- unbelievable clutch numbers this season, especially with Damian Lillard uh, just down the stretch, bringing games back, you know, making it close, making, you know, good comebacks. You know, we saw that 26 point comeback uh, earlier, you know, a couple weeks ago. So definitely want to see us, you know, be more consistent throughout the first three quarters. Um, and I think, you know, that that will kind of make it easier down the stretch here and they won't have to do so much clutch time basketball. Yeah, definitely. They just got to like, I don't know. Is that, is that coaching? Is that, it's gotta be, I feel like it's gotta be coaching. It's gotta be Griffin kind of getting them prepared. Yeah. Does it kind of seem like Griffin, you know, takes too much, not, you know, he, he lets his players kind of control him. He's not, not necessarily manipulated by them, but you know, we've seen multiple times where, you know, him and Giannis will have a little argument on the sideline or on the bench while, you know, he tries to take Giannis out. Giannis doesn't want to go out. They're arguing and he puts him back in immediately. Do you think that maybe Griff doesn't have full control over the locker room? I think I think he has control, but I think no one's going to tell Giannis what to do type of thing. Like, I think that's any coach, which I don't think Giannis should put himself in that situation. Like, he should just, like, listen to the coach. And 
I mean, it's basics. It's just setting an example for the whole team. I think it kind of gives Griff a bad look on something that isn't necessarily his fault. That's just Giannis being Giannis. Yeah, I mean, we've actually seen Giannis, I mean, up until this point, is on pace to play the most minutes that he's, you know, played on a season since the Bud era started. Um, I think Bud was really good at keeping, you know, our guys' minutes in check. Uh, so maybe I kind of do want to see that. I kind of do want to see Giannis take a seat on the bench every now and then because, I mean, it's he, he, he talks about how, you know, these late games or these uh, close games take a toll on his body. And he hasn't really had to experience that. And I think, you know, a lot of that is also him just playing more minutes combined with the fact that these games are, you know, one score game uh, within the last three minutes. Yeah, definitely. Like, it's like, especially with all the, the games coming down to the end, like, you got to have them well rested for the end, too. Like, you can't have them in the whole game. Mm-hmm. Especially with, you know, how Damian Lillard, we've talked about how Damian Lillard has started to play the entirety of the first quarter and the entirety of the third quarter, you know, so he can get a better, you know, look and read on defensive coverages. Uh, you know, that also might take a little bit of a toll on Dame because, you know, you're playing these 12 minute stretches twice throughout every game. You know, he's an older player. He's 33 years old. So we also want him to be, you know, prepared and, you know, have his legs under him come playoff time as well. So I think that, Managing and uh, managing minutes at this point in the season is very, very important. Yeah, definitely. And I think I pretty much just kind of harped on Giannis there for being whatever. But I think another thing is you look at you look at Dame and he's got stretches out there where he's he looks lazy. He looks like he can't do anything. He looks like he's uninterested, doesn't care. Um, I think that you just can't really see that. Like if you want to be a championship team, you can't. You can't have that. Absolutely not in a point guard. You know, point guards, I'd like to think that, you know, a great, you know, a good team, you know, running through your point guard, you're going to live and die by that point guard. So, you know, at the end of games, I've noticed when Damian Lillard goes on these, you know, streaks of two bad turnovers and a couple missed shots, our team looks miserable out there. Like we can't yeah, hit turnovers. Yeah, totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. Hirsch, I mean, and I know you also, the Damon Giannis turnovers, that's, you're not a big fan of those, especially at the end of the games. Is there yeah. something that you think that we can do as a team to kind of limit those from happening? I mean, you know, my dad was kind of complaining to me about this the other day when he was talking about Damian Lillard um, and just, you know, his turnovers, especially in that Bulls game. I believe he had seven turnovers. Uh, so, yeah, I think he had also had more turnovers than assists in that game, which, you know, you hate to see, but... I mean, I don't. I think Giannis's turnovers are are normally pretty bad. Um, I, I I really really hate when Giannis drives in the lane and jumps in the air and doesn't know what he's going to do with the ball and then just throws it away. Uh, Damian Lillard's are a little bit more excusable. I mean, he he is the primary ball handler. He is kind of the guy out there that has to be the playmaker. So he's obviously going to make some you know bad passes. It's going to be part of it. You know, as a seasoned veteran, a guy who's been in the league for a long time, you kind of expect him to, you know, not have those lapses. But it's, a, I think those are okay. I think, you know, them combining for that amount of turnovers is a little bit worrisome. But just the amount that those two guys have the ball in their hands and just the responsibility that they're asked to do, I think, is a lot. And so I think, you know, it, it's a little excusable to me. All right, that's fair. And then, you know, before we head into this uh, ad break really quick, Logan, um, when we got Damian Lillard, everyone expected this Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo pick and roll to just, you know, <laughs> essentially just be spammed throughout the game. Uh, 
it has not been that thus far. Uh, in fact, the way that we use the Damian Lillard pick and roll is through Brooke, Bobby, and then Giannis, like a three-headed monster, if you will. Uh, I'm sure you weren't expecting it to be used the way it has been used thus far, but are you a fan of the way that the Bucks kind of operate with the Damian Lillard pick and roll? Um, I like I, – I do, I do really like the Brooke pick and roll a lot. Um. Brooks been great this year, but I think when you have, that's the whole point of bringing Dame in is you got to run that pick and roll with Giannis. I saw a thing the other day on Twitter. I think it was during the bulls game. They didn't run a pick and roll like together one time. And I think that's like just unacceptable. Like you can't, that can't be happening. Totally agree. I mean, I, I, I agree with you in the sense that I love the Brook and the Brook and Dame pick and roll. I mean, Brooks, a great screen setter. He's a huge body and he can, you know, make shots with, you know, five feet uh, around the rim with ease, you know, same deal with Giannis. I, I would like to see him set more screens. And I feel like the way that they use Giannis in those pick and roll actions is, you know, a lot more as like a dribble handoff and then he'll cut to the hoop. Um, yeah, I would like to see Giannis in more of a traditional pick and roll. You know, I would like to just see them run it through Giannis more. Uh, I think Giannis could even be a ball handler in pick and roll action a lot more. Uh, I, you know, I just want to see them get more creative with it and find more ways to utilize, you know, their bigs because we do have Brooke, we do have Bobby and we have Giannis and all three of those guys can get their buckets. So. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think it's still early. I mean, I, I feel like I keep saying it's still early, but they gotta, they gotta experiment some more. Yeah, Definitely. Absolutely. And then we're going to take a quick break, actually, and then we're going to come right back and then talk about some more Bucks basketball, as well as the upcoming in-season tournament knockout round game against the New York Knicks. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And we're back on the Box and Six podcast. My name is Hershey Winkleman. He's Stephen Dorff. And today joining us is a special guest, Logan from the Box Zone. Uh, you can check him out on Instagram. Uh, Logan, just, you know, throughout the first 20 games or so, you know, we, we, we saw the first group stage, uh, you know, action in the in-season tournament, uh, you know, that that's been completed. The Bucks have moved on, but, uh, what are your just overall kind of thoughts so far, uh, just feelings, opinions on, you know, how the in-season tournament has been for you and your opinion, just watchability wise. And also just, what do you think the impact is, you know, on the NBA so far this season, and also, are you a fan? Do you like it? Do you like the jerseys? Do you like the courts? Like, what what do you what do you think so far? I love it. I think it adds a little intensity. It's almost like a playoff game at times. Uh, I think a couple of the players said that. I think at first, I was still confused. I think even the players were confused. They didn't know what was going on. But I think now that it's picking up and there's been multiple games, everyone's kind of on the same page and it's like a pride thing. They want to go and win the first ever, whatever it's called, like the NBA cup. And I think it'll be cool. I mean, if we're in, obviously we got to beat New York, but I think the whole Vegas thing is going to be, it's interesting. It's 
it's definitely going to be something to watch. Yeah, what about the how about the jerseys and the courts? I know a lot of people are uh, you know, they have their opinions on that. <laughs> do you uh do you like the crazy color schemes and all that? I do. I do. I wish the Bucks would have done something like everyone else. I feel like we're the only team in the league that doesn't have a a green or blue court or something like that. We have a very plain one uh compared to everyone else. I think when we played Chicago or or not Chicago the was it Miami yeah they had like the all red court and it's like I mean yeah it's a little out there but it's, it's cool something different yeah and I even I, I remember I, I when I first saw the uh, Celtics court I, I was just very confused I was like that should be our court <laughs> I mean those are our Literally, colors yeah. uh, you're not even getting the colors right uh I must say though I am kind of over the uh blue jerseys at this point what it's been four years in a row of the blue jerseys the I don't know. Yeah, it's just... a little much. And I think it's because they have that um they have that blue alternate court with the the Wisconsin logo. And I think they're trying to just they didn't want to get rid of that court, so they had to just bring back the blue jerseys. And I think yeah, they're gonna they... be doing it for however long. Yeah, I don't know. I wish they would bring back the uh the purple jerseys. Yeah, we gotta do like a purple court with like a throwback logo on there. Like that'd be nice. Absolutely, that'd be really freaking cool. Um, but yeah, so we have the uh, Knicks coming up on Tuesday. But before we get into that, actually, a couple of players that have been, you know, standout guys for the Bucks. You know, looking in, you know, going heading into this game that we are going to need to show up. Guys like Campaign, he's been phenomenal this year for us. Um, do you do you see you know these role players having a big impact in this upcoming uh, in season tournament game? Oh yeah, definitely. Because I think. The defense is it's going to be like playoffs. The defense is going to be amped up. So there's going to be guys. There's going to be nights where uh, they're going to shut down Dame. I mean, or at least try to. And then it's going to be on guys like Middleton, Campaign, Bobby to come have these big nights. And that's what's going to make a difference. Mm, yeah, Bobby, actually, he's a big one. Because I know Bobby actually was on a little bit of a slump, you know, the last four or before the uh, uh, most recent game against the Hawks. He was on like a five game slump, you know, this, his splits were really bad, but you know, I got to give credit, uh, Bobby credit where credit's due. He's been one of our best defenders this year, albeit on a really bad defensive team, but you know, Bobby, Bobby has been holding his own. I I've noticed Bobby be, you know, most effective when we throw him in traps. Cause he's just a really big body and he's quick. He's aggressive. He knows how to get out there. Uh, Bobby's been really good for us. And I know we we talked about it earlier on this podcast about, you know, a potential Bobby Portis trade, but you know, if Bobby Portis is going to, you know, continue to show out, if he's going to hit his shots, I think Bobby Portis can be really valuable. I expect Bobby Portis to have a big game against the New York Knicks. Um, you know, with the abs, assuming that Andre Jackson is, you know, still out, AJ Crowder is going to be out, Pat Connington's still out, you know, we're going to need these role players to step up Logan. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think, kind of a random jump back. I think we kind of completely kind of flew over our heads when we were talking about um, uh, Andre Jackson starting. I think uh, a guy like Jay Crowder, like not having him, I think that's a guy I'd love to see start. I think in not having him for the in-season tournament is going to be frustrating. I mean, we're not going to have him for a while, but it's going to be up to those guys. I mean, even Marjan. I could see Marjan having like a big game, a little breakout game. Yeah, ever since he's come back from the uh, ankle tweak or ankle sprain, he has not looked as great. But, you know, I still want to give the guy a chance. I know he we've seen Andre Jackson in the starting lineup. We've seen Malik Beasley in the starting lineup. 
I do want to give uh, Marjan Bochamp maybe a shot, you know, a crack at it to see if he can be that point of attack defender. I know that, you know, the stats right now say that he is probably our worst uh, point of attack defender right now, or one of them, but, you know, still give the guy a chance. He's young and he only, he's playing very, you know, sporadic minutes. One game, he gets 10 minutes, one game, he gets 15, one game, he gets five. So, you know, I want to see Marjan with a more of a consistent role. I know Hirsch especially knows that I'm a really big fan of Marjan and I want to see him have a big, big impact and a big role on this Bucks team. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, Overall, though, what are your uh, expectations for Tuesday? You think the Bucs going to win this one? I feel like they got to. You got to just come out, take care of business. It's going to be a close game. I mean, Brunson's tough. The Knicks are tough. It's an all-around tough team, but I think as long as we're like we show up and actually play up to our competition, treat it like a playoff game, I think we should be able to handle business. Yeah, I absolutely. Mean, we, we beat them uh, in our first, you know, in-season tournament game, 110 to 105. So, you know, like you said, close game. Uh, and like you mentioned, you know, Jalen Brunson leads them in scoring 24 and a half points per game this year. Uh, he also did torch us last time we played him. So, you know, that, that kind of pattern of facing those good scoring uh, guards who continue to torch us uh, might might also kind of, you know, rear its ugly head again on Tuesday. Obviously, you know, they still have Julius Randle, a guy who can put up 20 and 10 every night. So, yeah, Logan, like you mentioned, should be a good hard-fought game. Uh, but, you know, the Bucks, Bucks should be able to come out on top here. Just going to need to play some good defense on Brunson. Can't have him, you know, go off for 35 like he did last time. Yeah, yeah and I, I think even if he does, it'll be a, a battle between him and Dame again. I think that's kind of what we saw in that first uh, tournament game. And I think, I mean, that's entertaining. I'd love to see it. Yeah, and I wonder if this, you know, this being the first like knockout game, you know, elimination stage game of the tournament, I wonder if this is going to actually have that, you know, legitimate playoff atmosphere type of feel to it. Uh, I know the first game against the Knicks really did since that, you know, Bucks have blown out their competition relatively in these group stage tournament or group stage games. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, definitely intrigued to see if, you know, it really is that playoff type atmosphere in the knockout stages. I'm hoping it will be because I was looking at the tickets or whatever, and uh, they're selling them like last minute. They're all super cheap. Um, Marcus Johnson was on like the broadcast trying to sell them because like there's so many available tickets, like because they have to sell them last minute because they didn't even know if they would be in it. And it's like, is the place going to be sold out? I sure hope so. <laughs> oh, it better be. It's got to be. <laughs> it's got to be. be. We need it to be loud in there. For real. And- you know, one of one of the main things that people always talk about when they talk about, you know, playoff basketball is, you know, the is the pace of play. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. during, you know, the regular season, there's a lot more fast breaks, a lot more people getting out in transition. Uh, but you know, in the playoffs, the game kind of slows down down and becomes more of a half court game. Uh so it'll be interesting to see if, you know, they they kind of treat this uh kind of that way and if the pace of play will slow down like that and also you know that's kind of where we've seen Damian Lillard you know go off for those incredible games when you know the the pace of play is slowed down and he's able to really attack pick his spots uh you know operate in that you know pick, pick and roll on the perimeter so uh it'll just be interesting to see kind of the pace of this game and kind of how how high scoring will this be uh or will it be more of you know a defensive contest like we've seen you know in the playoffs in the past yeah it's definitely um it's a lot of unknown we're not really sure what the what they're going to bring to the table but i mean it's interesting for sure 
Well, I think that's going to be it for today's episode of the Bucks and Six podcast. Logan, obviously, you know, we want to thank you for coming on. You know, always a pleasure. Uh, make sure to leave a like, download, subscribe, and follow us on both Twitter and Instagram at Bucks and Six. Also, make sure to, you know, leave a like and follow uh, Logan's Instagram at the Bucks Zone. Uh, I'm Hershey Winkleman. He's Steven Dorf. And let's go, Bucks. <laughs>